This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey there, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I'm, of course, a small animal veterinarian and crazy cat lover. Today, I am answering a listener request. I got an email from a listener, and she said that she wanted to learn more about hairballs in cats. And so hairballs are kind of funny. I mean, we kind of joke around about hairballs unless we're stepping on them in the middle of the night in our socks, but we joke about hairballs. And so I tried to think of who I might talk to that would be a fun hairball guest. And I came up with Adam Chrisman because Dr. Chrisman is a ton of fun and he's like a ray of sunshine in any conversation. And so there is no pressure on Adam at all, but we're going to talk about hairballs and we'll be right back after a quick word. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I have with me Dr. Adam Chrisman, and I built him up pretty heavily about having fun with hairballs. Hey, Adam, how are you? I'm sorry. Just hacking up a hairball. Right, right. I see what you did there. So as I said in the intro, I had a listener that actually emailed me and asked me about this. She said she had a couple of topics, and this one was one that she said she wanted to learn more about. So so I thought we could just jump right in. You know, what are hairballs? Yeah, so you know, it's very normal for cats to be grooming, right? It's part of their DNA. <laughs> They're supposed to be grooming. We want to make sure that they are, but they can be over grooming in excess as well. So, but hairballs literally are our hair. And, you know, did you ever look at the cat's tongue under the microscope? It's really impressive. They have like these barbed curves that's present there. And so when they groom themselves, these tiny hook-like structures on their tongue catch that loose and dead hair, which is then swallowed. <laughs> and the majority of that hair passes all the way through the digestive tract, ideally with no problems. But if some of those hairs stay in the stomach, it can form what's called a hairball. And usually uh, your cat will vomit the hairball to get rid of it. But because hairballs pass through narrow, what's called the esophagus on their way out, they can often appear thin and tube-like round. And to your point, you can step on them and they're just these wet, disgusting things. Right. And so that's what I was going to ask you. What what should people look for to say, okay, that's a hairball and it's hair. It's literally a tube shaped piece of hair, right? Yeah. 
I mean, some the common hairball symptoms that I usually see are, are gagging, retching, or hacking. And usually your cat will then vomit the hairball relatively thereafter. And so if you notice that the those kind of symptoms are happening, whether if it's more severe, though, I will say, because probably you and I in practice have seen this where they can be stuck. They can actually be stuck. It could cause them to have a lack of appetite. They could be lethargic. They can even have constipation or even some diarrhea issues associated with it. So it can literally be a serious issue. So but in general, in general, it's not so. So you mentioned a little bit about a cat's tongue, and that's super interesting because a cat's tongue is like a comb that they use to groom. But I think if hairballs are a little too frequent, I mean, every veterinarian has an opinion about what is too frequent, but I think if hairballs are too frequent, you know, maybe more than a couple of times a month, I would say you probably need some help. What do you think is not a hairball or what do you think some other causes that my listener, for example, might confuse with a hairball? What do you think those are? Well, uh, food is one of them for sure. You know, sometimes it can be tangled up. I have, you know, cats do like to get into what we call as veterinarians, linear foreign bodies. So like hair ties or string or, you know, dental floss, all those kinds of things. We have to make sure that, you know, they aren't tearing any of them up and some of these toys too. So, you know, when you're looking at food, it depends because sometimes cats can do something called regurgitation versus vomiting. And this is how I describe it to your listeners too. So get ready, Dr. Prim. So, you know, regurgitation is more like a kind of a thing versus vomiting, which is more of that, you know, they're really getting that, you know, digested food matter up. So, you know, we in veterinary medicine, we sift through things. We sift through stool. We even look at urine consistencies too. But the same goes for hairballs in general, that it usually is just hair, but you want to make sure it's not linked to others. I had one case of a hairball that was so severe because the cat was so flea infested. She was so itchy, this poor thing, that she was pulling all the hair off and we opened up the hairball and, and lo and behold, were all these fleas that were in there. Oh, yuck. Okay. So over grooming then might be something that would be needing a veterinarian. So yes, I hear a lot of times people saying, oh, it's just a hairball. Almost every cat that I see for routine wellness, the client will say, yeah, well, I mean, yes, she does vomit, but it's just hairballs. But it might not be just hairballs or it might be hairballs because of something that, that I could help with. So I think that's kind of what you're saying as well. Yeah. I mean, I tend to think of the Persians and Maine Coons as the ones, the long hair breeds, the domestic long hair breeds, those where we see it more commonly. But yeah, exactly right. Like, what if they're over grooming? And sometimes cat parents don't know what over grooming looks like to them. They might think that's normal, but it could be behavioral issues that we see often, whether it be inappropriate elimination, stress, fear, anxiety, the list goes on. So that's a, another whole other conversation, but they could be over grooming because they're uncomfortable. They need to see the veterinarian to figure out why. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, a flea infestation, over grooming. So I guess for the listeners, if you notice that your cat is grooming very frequently, like every time you look at your cat, they seem to be grooming and chewing and biting, or if there are patches of hair missing, that is kind of what Dr. Chrisman and I think of as over grooming. So absolutely include your veterinarian in getting help for your cat for that. Because, you know, if it was, if it was fleas, we could fix it, right? Right. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Have that conversation with your veterinarian. I, I always recommend to when I, I'm talking to the new cat parent is that you should be grooming them regularly. They don't want matted fur. They don't like that around their area. So you should be having a good brush. You should be combing. It's part of the human animal bond with cat parents. They love doing that. So if you can't do it, you can actually, yes, you can have a professional grooming done. And you and I also know that there's some diets that are out there. There's gels that they can put on there to help lubricate their esophagus or a laxative or things like that that can maybe come into play. And I think it's important to know when it becomes a problem. And you kind of touched on that, but but I think it's important that we mention an occasional hairball where right. the cat is acting normal and there there seems to be no other issue. That's probably not a cause for alarm, but but I think that there might be maybe some signs that my listeners would look for when they should be concerned. Could you go over those? I think baldness is a big thing. And so more specifically, they tend to overgroom excessively on the front of their feet and then their belly and their chest. So if you happen to pick up your cat and you're like, where did the hair go? It could have been from them overgrooming. And then also the base of the tail, but also to our listeners tuning in, that could also be a sign of flea allergy dermatitis or dermatitis in general. Maybe they have a bacterial infection because think about it. They can have saliva. Well, the saliva that has bacteria that's in there. So not only do we see primary issue, which could be ex excessive overgrooming, but we may see things that are the equivalent to like zits or pustules that we could see because the cats have that saliva that's going into the skin that can create a skin infection that warrants them to not only be on an antibiotic, but also something to give them to settle down the itchiness as well, or the excessive grooming. I agree. So there are some other things that I think maybe, and I've seen this, a cat that was grooming a specific joint on her leg and some investigation found out that she had some arthritis, some pretty severe arthritis, and she was that was hurting. I mean, she was just trying to make that feel better. And she was grooming and grooming and grooming and had a bald spot and was ingesting a lot of hair. So it could be something that, that's not normal that you haven't thought of and you do need your vet, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is an interesting story. This cat was licking excessively. Mom didn't think that she was using a litter box excessively by any means, but she was grooming her back joints. And I looked at her and so there's something called a neuropathy that cats can have where their back legs can actually be what's called plantigrade or just can kind of fall flat essentially. Um, and we did some blood work. This cat was diabetic, Dr. Prim. And so, you know, I thought that was an interesting sign that she was licking back there because she was uncomfortable because she felt that her stance was wrong. And lo and behold, we did a blood sample. She had high glucose or high blood sugar, and she had some sugar in her urine that was diagnostic for diabetes. And you were able to help her. So yeah, she's doing yeah great. <laughs> that's awesome. So I think that it is important. We talked a little bit about what's not a hairball and you did your awesome demonstration of what's not a hairball. But sometimes I think that my listeners and cat lovers can mistake a cough for coughing up a hairball. And I think coughs are important in cats. Can we talk about maybe some reasons cats might cough? Yeah. I mean, we see the coughing cat all the time. So, you know, we think of inhalant allergies. We think of asthma. That's right. Cats can develop asthma. How many of you out there have an asthmatic cat? You know what we're talking about. And there could be respiratory issues associated with it. And then also infectious diseases, cancerous causes can do that. And then cardiac heart issues can cause it. So I think the, for the most part, we do see a lot of cats that have inhaling problems, especially if they're secondhand smoking, Dr. Prim, in the house. Even if they're smoking outside of the house and they come in, 
the cats are so heightened, they are so heightened to that smell and it really irritates the lining of their lungs and they just have little lungs, it really irritates. So coughing and the wheezing, that abdominal force that these poor guys are doing. So yeah, it can be very serious and it's definitely not vomiting. It's not, they're not trying to get up a hairball. It is a cough and that's exactly what it is. And so if your cat's doing that, frequently or even kind of infrequently, just let your vet kind of weigh in on that because you sure don't want to miss asthma or heart disease or even feline heartworm disease, certain kinds of worms. I mean, I have a lot of indoor only cats, but they dig around in the house plants that have soil in them and, and that could serve as a source for worms too. So ask your veterinarian for sure. Absolutely. I, I was just going to say I had a cat that had, not my own, but a patient that had heartworm and again, all it takes is one heartworm to really cause damage. And this cat was really struggling. I thought, you know, she had an airway issue, just a primary, and we tested her for heartworm and she did come up having it. So indoor outdoor cats, so make sure all indoor outdoor cats are on a flea and tick heartworm prevention. Yes, absolutely. And intestinal parasite. Yep. So, so that kind of um, leads me into some things that listeners and, and you and I can do to help protect cats. However, I want to take a quick break and come right back to talk about some things that pet owners can do and, you know, maybe touch on when this could be an emergency. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. Dr. Adam Christman and I are talking about hairballs, and he did demonstrate kind of the difference between vomiting and, and coughing and some other just really cool things, so we really appreciate that. But can you maybe talk about some of the things you recommend for your patients that people can do now that you recommend, I mean, not somebody just diagnose on their own that their cat has hairballs and go out and buy these things, but things that you might recommend if you knew a cat had a hairball problem. I'm a big fan of a diet that's balanced and complete that has a label that says hairball formula on it. So many pet food manufacturers now make those hairball reduction cat foods. They're usually uh, like high fiber formulas designed to improve the health of your cat's coat, minimize the amount of shedding, and encourages hairballs in cats to pass through the digestive tract versus the whole kind of a thing. And then I do like some of your veterinarian usually has some sort of a product that it's like a gel that you can put on their front feet because in general, cats don't like anything on their feet, anything in general around or on them. But there's a number of different hairball products on the market today, most of which are mild laxatives that help hairballs pass through the digestive tract as well. So I think our colleagues are really big on those two treatment or preventive measures, if you will. 
Yeah, I agree. There are some chews and supplements that have things like probiotics and prebiotics and enzymes and things in them that I think I think can help like a healthy gut flora is good. Yeah. I like some of those products, but again, ask your veterinarian what they see working in their patients and they will help you. So the other thing that I kind of want to revisit is that a hairball or any kind of foreign object in your cat's GI tract can become an emergency, a surgical kind of emergency. So, so let's talk about that a little bit, Dr. Christman. Absolutely. So, you know, I look at it at two big areas. One is the not eating cat. So let's just say one of our cats is, we think it might be obstructed, just what you were just talking about. How long is too long? I always say 24 hours, 48 hours max, especially for cats, because you and I know they can have other issues that can happen with their liver and so forth. So the not eating cat, acting lethargic, hiding, really not being themselves. You know, I say this all the time to my cat parents, you know them better than I do. But when you know there's something up, there is something that's up. And you try to like almost kind of come to terms like, nah, I don't think that's just a fluke thing. No, you're probably your intuition, your gut's right that something is going on. And that's where you need to bring them in. Because again, if they are obstructed, if they have some things that, that need to have surgery, we want to do it and address it quickly because the longer that sits and slows down that GI tract, the harder it becomes for them to recover from surgery like that. And we might need to take a little bit of their intestinal tract out. Not impossible, but it makes the surgery a little bit longer in terms of a healing time. So that's like part one. And then the other part is, you know, sometimes I've been asked this question, is it a hairball or are they in respiratory issues? And if you have a cat that's doing <laughs> that sound, that's serious. That's asthmatic. You need to bring them in right away. You need to bring them in right away. If they're gums, and sometimes you'll be able to look because they're open mouth breathing, and if they have that purpley looking color, normal cat mucous members or gums are looking nice and pink. But if it's looking a little bit on the bluish to purple hue, emergency, please bring them in so we can get them into oxygen right away and get them stabilized and figure out what's going on. Absolutely. So I tell people, if your cat is not holding down food or water, vomiting multiple times, hiding and acting sick, that is probably a GI emergency, or at least we know it's an emergency. And if your cat is open mouth breathing, that's an excellent point. It is time to go to the veterinarian quickly. Yep. And I have seen, it's not that common, but I do see heat stroke in cats too. So I've seen them be overheated. They tend to, you know, thermoregulate a little bit better than dogs, but that's something just to keep under your radar. Absolutely. I do want to circle back to something that you mentioned before, because I, I think it's important. It may not be an emergency, but you mentioned stress and you fear and anxiety. And also you touched on inappropriate elimination. And I think that that is an important point to make about hairballs and over grooming. Could you revisit that just a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes our fur kitties can be very stressed out to the point where they are over grooming and producing way too many hairballs as well. So to your, and what we were just talking about earlier, you know, it's okay for them to have maybe one hairball here and there, but when they're in excessiveness and there's like an exorbitant amount of that, and you notice that they're, you know, they're not going into the litter box as often that they are, maybe they're missing, or maybe they're not going at all. You can't find them. Fear, anxiety, and stress are huge players that we recognize and identify as a significant consequence to behavior abnormalities in cats. And what does that mean? Well, either something is going on in the house that's causing them to exhibit these signs, or 
they can have an underlying metabolic or endocrine disturbance that's going on. And we need to figure that out. An example would be in terms of medical, a urinary tract infection, you know, going in and out of litter box, maybe they're over grooming excessively because they feel uncomfortable. I see cats that are licking at their private parts excessively because it irritates them, the urethra where they exit out to do their business. That hurts them. So they're licking and they're pulling the fur out. Maybe they're causing some irritation back there in the cats. So that's a good example. But let's just say you're moving and all of a sudden your cat's producing all these hairballs excessively and they're grooming the front part of their feet. So they're taking all the hair off of their belly. Well, that could be a sign of stress because it's a whole new world for them that they're trying to figure out new smells, new locations. So again, that's a little bit different in terms of behavior, but those are great examples that we see that can be associated with fear, anxiety, stress, and too many hairballs. And the hairball might be the first thing that really makes you look and pay attention because you're stressed because you're moving. But yeah. it, it's kind of like your cats cry for help and, and your veterinarian can help you. We definitely have more tools in our toolbox for fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before in my career. It's very exciting to me. It is. It's wonderful right now. It's a wonderful time to be a veterinarian. It's a wonderful time to be alive. Yes, it is. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. And I hope that my listener hears this show and knows that I made this episode just for her. Thank you so much, Dr. Chrisman. Well, tell her she doesn't have to be perplexed anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Because this show is perfect. Right? And meowulous. Gosh, I can't. I I mean, I could go on all day. But, you know, it's just fantastic. So anyway, thanks to Adam Christman, of course, and thanks to our amazing producer, Mark Winter. And as I always say, and especially to the listener that asked me about this fun topic, go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.